Hey guys, this is the Soul Sense Podcast, and we're back. You have your hostess with the mostest, Kim. That's me. And your trusty wingman, Melvin. Melvin is in the house, and he uh, is going to make every attempt to have Kimberly speak in front of the microphone today. Why you a hater? <laughs> you like literally my biggest hater. Like I just want to tell you guys something. So every time we sit down to record an episode, this will be probably like our fortieth time or so. And well, we've done a lot of recording, but um we always bump heads right before we sit down in front of this this mic because Melvin is my biggest hater. I just want y'all to know that. Okay? Guys, this is insane. So tell me why I'm your biggest hater. Because, um, <clears throat> well, because uh, I just be up here just, you know, like shooting the breeze and laughing <laughs> and stuff. And you be like, you need to do a mic check. And I'm like, ain't the mic's already set? I mean, why we, I mean, I mean, I'm an amateur. I'm an amateur. <laughs> we do the same thing every time. You be acting like you don't know. Well, I mean, to be honest, I just be forgetting. <laughs> I really do. Hey, you do your thing, I do my thing. Okay? 10-4. So anyways, we are back for another one and another one and another one. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so anyways, what's going on, Melvin? What's going on? Uh, I'm kind of sick. So if y'all hear me cough a little bit, I'm going to try to pull my mouth away from the microphone when I do, but. <clears throat> and clearing my throat, trying to drink a little Gatorade, something to kind of wet the whistle. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I woke up and just out of nowhere, I started feeling sick. And I guess Kimberly says she thinks it's allergies. It is. But uh, I took some medicine and I guess it was the wrong type of medicine because it didn't do nothing. Because he don't listen. And that's what I forgot to get today. I meant Wife to get just happened one. to be a nurse practitioner. Nah, but, you didn't tell medicine. me what to take. You said medicine. Because you don't listen. Did you tell, just tell me that. Did you tell I me what kind of medicine? I always ask you, okay, what are your symptoms? But you're not answering me. Did you tell me what kind of medicine to How take? many times did I have to tell you before you actually took the medicine? But tell you, the people the truth. But you're not answering this, my no, question. No, 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 I'm going to answer that. But I want you to answer me. No, because your, your, your symptoms had morphed. Okay, no. if you would have did what I said when I said what I said, but let me ask you, then this. you wouldn't be Can I ask you this? Can I ask okay? you this? No, you told me to take medicine. I took it that day. <laughs> but what I'm asking is, did you tell me what type of medicine I, to take? I can't remember so far ago. You did. I took Zyrtec. And I thought, hey, this is well, allergy that medicine. Make, that would make sense. That would make sense. And it didn't work. It wasn't that I well, didn't then take that's anything. When you come back to your wife who has that knowledge. I did. You, no, you didn't. The next day, no, you, you said, what you take? No, you didn't. We're not about to sit up here and, and, and do this in front of the people. We're not about to do hey, this. Hey, listen, we keep it real. True, but this time I wasn't. Okay. But anyway, mm. <clears throat> so that's what I've been going through. Uh, 
just get the allergies kicking me, man. They've been killing me. And my baby, uh, both my babies got yeah. allergies. Fallon was rubbing her eyes. Yeah. Uh, so we just a uh, 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 weak immune system household, except for Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Sometimes, like, I be getting stuff that y'all don't be having. I mean, being a nurse practitioner and going into people's homes and stuff like that, like, I I, I get other stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when it comes to, like, allergies and things like that, I'm immune to that. Haven't had that in a, in a while. Yeah, I had I had gone for a little minute, but it seemed like the last couple of seasons I've been back at it again. <clears throat> but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's been raining a lot, kicking up that pollen. So it is what it is. Yeah. Other than that, though, it's been it's been good. I've been busy, of course, but uh, work seems to have settled down a bit for you, though. No, I just uh, <laughs> drew some uh, barriers. Like I put up some. I just decided what I was and wasn't going to deal with. And and it has gotten a little bit more, um, a little set more settled. I will say that. Uh, I think the director has been doing some stuff to kind of get us. I think me and him are on the same page more. So um, that just makes things easy. I don't care about stress, but um, like busyness doesn't stress me out but when i got to deal with like internal politics in terms of like trying to make decisions if if i'm going to be in charge of it just let me live or die by my decisions if i make the wrong decision then you say what you got to say but i don't want to be you know have my hands tied and kind of have to figure out something on somebody else's um you know being micromanaged but um that I think it, we kind of have gotten in a groove to where we can communicate um, better. So, uh, yeah, I think we're it's going good. Yeah, I mean, not much. Been, well, I guess a bit's been going on, but not a, a lot, a lot. But, you know, uh, we are winding down with our kids. Uh, well, our oldest probably has about a month left of school. And I'm excited about that because the summer I have a lot of great things planned. I'm so excited. We'll be telling you guys all about it, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited for her and just for our family because we got a lot of like trips coming up. We're going on a family vacation with family friends to the beach and me and Melvin going to have us a little rendezvous away too. I gotta go and hang out with my mom and my aunt, my dad. What? When they? I mean, I ain't got no problem hanging out with them. What are you talking about? Going to Oklahoma when they come here? No, I'm talking about New York. I know. I'm talking about another thing. Oh, I was like, wait, when they come along? Uh. (laughs) I'm thinking. I was thinking of New York. I ain't got no problem hanging with my in loves. But I was just you threw me for a doozy. I'm like, what are you talking about? When they come, they tag along. No, no, no. That's this for mama a... and daddy. That's for us. Uh-uh. No, they coming down here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That We got a lot of stuff. We yeah, got a lot back of to st- back to back to back. And I think I might be going to Chicago at the end of the month. Oh. Next With, month. Oh, May? Uh-huh. Is that what you were telling? Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyways but other than that that's good uh and so really just life guys ain't nothing huge you know we you know I got a course that I online course I'm taking that's going well it's taking a lot of my time Melvin's been picking up the slack a lot at the house we have switched roles as far as typically he does the dishes in the kitchen and I do the laundry. We have switched and Melvin's been on it. I've been over here being the scrub. I've been the scrub. <laughs> Come think of it, I think I got some clothes in the washer right now. So, <clears throat> so but anyway, it's just regular stuff, guys. But we do want to jump into our episode and... This is kind of different. I don't think we've ever done something like this, but I think it's interesting. It's interesting to me. So I hope it'll be interesting to you guys as well. So um, I guess that was like a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Maybe it was. Talk about the movie? Yeah, we went to the movies last week and saw the movie. We're late because we got kids. Us. And we watched the movie Us. And that's the newest movie out by Jordan Peele. And everybody knows what that movie is. Everybody may not. We don't know. We uh. I mean, we don't know that. We can't assume, you know. But regardless, it's a great movie, guys. And um, I'll say this right now: if you have not seen the movie and you want to go see the movie. Stop the recording right now because there will be some spoilers. No, we ain't getting no spoilers. You yes, so? we are. Yes, we we can't we we gotta paint the picture. Okay, so if you have not seen the movie and you want to see the movie, then you go right on ahead and and stop and then go watch the movie and then come back and and listen to this. But if you've already seen the movie or you don't you don't feel like you're going to go see the movie, keep listening. Oh yeah, because I guess at, at the yeah. end. Okay. Yeah, because we we gonna so we just gonna let y'all know right now. This is a spoiler. So, anyways. So um, let me give the quick synopsis okay. so we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about the movie per okay. se. So basically, it is a it's a great movie. Um, first of all. And um, I thought it was good. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I'm not a person. Me and Kimberly have different uh, tastes, and I don't like horror movies. Period. But Love I don't them. like any type of movie that that does like cheap mechanisms, right? So I thought that this. I I watched it just because you know. Honestly, it's just an all-black cast and, <laughs> and a black director, and I just wanted to show support. I miss the truth. Um, and We liked Get Out. I did, but I wouldn't seen that for the same reason. Well, we saw um, that at Netflix, so. Uh, we didn't go see We went no, to the movies no, to see we Get Out. We, we, saw it in, we saw it at home. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the one thing I didn't want it to be was like a black horror movie, you know. I just wasn't looking forward to that. But I was like, I'm going to go see it anyway. But it was not that. It was a horror movie, period. That just happened to have the leads are black people. Right. But it was not, that wasn't the driving thing. And it wasn't like this, you know, racial commentary or anything like that. It was just basically a horror movie. But, of course, it seems like he's always making like a commentary on society as a whole or on some facet of society mm-hmm. so that was true would you say yeah yeah so you've got the tethered you have you got this family that go out 
on a vacation and the movie starts out with this girl going out to the uh, uh go, wandering off by herself going into a house of mirrors and running into what first looks like her reflection but it's turned the other way person turns around and as the movie goes through you find out that it's just somebody looks just like her you can gather that from the uh previews previews right so basically those people in the previews they're called the tethereds and they are pretty much the opposite of the real people like of us on the surface and it's part of this american experiment of trying to control people so they would have these uh, doppelgangers underground living underground and they would be performing all these actions that we're performing above ground and um but kind of just the opposite though you know what i mean so while we're eating good food or something playing with a soft toy they're playing with something sharp or eating raw rabbit or whatever um but the whole movie at the end and i'll I'll just fast forward through Mm -hmm. all of it because basically the thing that we really wanted to talk about was the ending where you know who we thought was the villain in this movie really was not it was um the when that girl walked walked um and got, you know, when she went and saw her opposite or whatever, her, her mirror image, it it went forward and she stopped talking. Well, once you once you get to the end of the movie, they do a flashback and it turns out that the girl, the tethered, choked out the, the real girl and chained her up. <laughs> and uh Mary, you are making this so confusing. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, let me jump in here. I'm like sitting here like if somebody has not watched this movie. Well, they shouldn't be watching it. Well, they no. listening. Basically, guys, let me let me truly summarize. I'm not gonna start from the beginning because you did good there at first. We'll just start from the end there. So, so basically, so Melvin is right. <laughs> you got the people, you got us that's on what they considered the surface people. And yeah. what they find out is that there have there has been a whole different race of people underground who are basically, it was like a conspiracy um, of people that were supposed to be controlling us. And the person that's underneath is your tethered. That's So that's your pair. And so they're supposed to control you. But what happened, what Melvin was saying is that at the very beginning in the past, you see a girl like years ago, back in the 80s, who basically she um, comes in contact with her tether. And you don't you just think that she kind of just, you know, just com- comes in contact and then she runs away. But then at by the end of the movie, you find out that what really happened is her tether actually um, choked her, um, made her pass out, pulled her down underground where she was and basically switched places with her. So this whole time in the movie, you're thinking that you're watching the victim though. And that you're thinking that these tethers are coming because it's not just this, this one family, the main family, everyone's tether comes from underground and starts killing their, paired person you know what i'm saying and so it's everybody white black everybody kids 
adults, everyone, you know, it's just like this worldwide massacre, you know what I'm saying? And so you find out that the woman who you think is the actual, like the main character, she is actually the original tethered and that she basically switched as a little girl, switched with the girl that was above ground. And so the person who you think is the victim is really the villain and the villain is really the victim. Okay, because that Melvin, was a lot better. Yes, Melvin, like you're better. You're better recapping to me. Okay, <laughs> you know this. We know this about us. Okay, I know. why you let me do it this? Because <laughs> you thought that I was gonna talk a lot. Because I do talk a lot. True. Okay, so that brings us to our topic at hand. Yeah. Uh, because we walked out of that movie thinking, you know, of course, it's one of those movies that's gonna make you think. And you're going to be talking about the deeper meaning. Yeah. Um, I really gave up on a deeper meaning. But what I did walk out with was an understanding of like, and Kimberly brought this up, the idea of victimhood and really taking a step back and, and having a, it just made you take a step back and look at it a little bit differently. How did you say that? So I was listening to commentary because it, if you know Jordan Peele and if you followed him and Get Out and stuff, there's multiple layers to his, it, it was multiple layers in Get Out and there's multiple layers here in the movie Us as well. So Chorus, we're looking at commentary and something, and there was an interview that he was saying that as he was explaining different things, what he brought up was that, no, it wasn't a racial movie. It was a movie about our society that basically that we can play this victim mentality, but we have to take responsibility um, for where we're at, you know, that we put ourselves in these positions. And it was really clever how he, you know, really portrayed that in the movie, because like I said, this whole time, the main character that you're rooting for, and you're like, get out of there. And you're wanting her to, her and her family to, 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 to survive. You come to find out that all along, she's, she, she's the villain. She was the initial tethered. And so it made me start to think about, of course, we're going to always bring it back to spiritual because you can always have a, a spiritual connection to something. And I was just talking to Melvin about, like, how often do we do that ourselves, you know, right. as humans? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so easy. It's human nature. And especially, dare I say, in America, that it's so easy for us to shift the blame, to point outward, you know, whatever our circumstances are, it's because of someone else. You right. know, it's really hard for us to look into the mirror and to say, you know what, I'm going to own this situation. I actually put myself in this position that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think. We can look at that on a, a lot of different layers. You said as Americans, um, one thing that I used to always think about was, you know, especially after traveling and just reading a lot and looking at history, we could have this idea of, I don't know when it was, but like my eyes just opened up to the idea of it's fun for us to feel like the good guys. Yeah, as As an American, it's fun to feel like the good guys. Mm -hmm. And we look at it's almost like a, watching a G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah. Um, and I think that that can even make its way into the church. You know what I mean? When we ha And you know that's my, uh, that's my thing is when we're talking about when it's 4th of July or it's Thanksgiving or it's whatever, just painting up 
I like I have a I have a real battle with trying to reconcile nationalism and Christianity. You know, how do these these two things exist on yeah. the same field? Just this idea of being because part of nationalism means that you gotta feel like we're the best. Yeah. And I think especially as a disciple, you got to kind of set morality aside when you take a look at, at the country and still make that assessment because America is at where it's at off of the exploitation of a lot of people. Yeah. And that's not to say, hey, we need to have this feeling of, Pride. you know, guilt. No, what I'm saying is oh, okay. I'm not saying you should feel bad about being an American and bad about, like you were born here and it's a blessing to be born here, but you can't gloss over the reality of the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like the world is not just disliking us because of our freedom. That's not the case. In order to get to where we got and, and to continue to grow in that direction, man, we've messed up a lot of different places yeah. around the world. And a lot of the, um, and it's not just America, it's superpowers in general. A lot of the problems that exist in the world today are the result of superpowers coming in and, and moving stuff around and changing things and doing different things and all for our benefit. And we are the benefactors of that. So as we say, America is so great, you don't want to have this. I, the reason it's important to understand the things that happen to get us here, you could walk around with like this pride, like you are something special because you were here. Mm. <clears throat> to act like you hit a home run when you started out on third base. Mm. And uh, I don't know. So that's one way uh, that movie and looking at who the victim is and who the enemy is and who who the good guy is. That's one thing I think about. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Yeah. I, I mean, and I think I definitely think that that's what he was trying to convey because I mean it's obvious that like the world is in <laughs> it's in it's in a bad place okay <laughs> let's just keep it real you know what I'm saying like it's it's in a bad place our country is in a bad place you can blame whoever you want to but he makes I agree full wholeheartedly that like wherever we're at is because we have to take responsibility like it's it can't we have to stop no problems are going to be solved as we're pointing fingers we do definitely have to like be take responsibility for our part right it. yeah like you say you know we we got to take responsibility for our part in it and i do think like you were speaking about earlier that does kind of play its way over in the to every facet of our lives. Yeah. <clears throat> we look at it in terms of society, in terms of how we look at ourselves as a nation, but also in terms of how we look at ourselves personally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can feel more more in terms like, would you, you said something more specific about being like victim victimhood um, when it comes to just personally. We can sit in the victim role. We can play victim a lot. And and that can be like j just in life, just like what you said. But, you know, like, um, let me give an example. Something like, okay, you don't get a job. You know, right. you don't get a promotion. And it's everyone's fault except yours. Mm -hmm. But leading up to that interview, 
you never really come around. People don't really know you. You don't really contribute outside of your role at work. And that's why someone else was picked over you, you know, or, you know, the person who wants to have a significant other. And it's, uh, I've, you know, you hear it all the time. All men are dogs, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, all men are not dogs, you know, maybe just maybe, you know, cause I know, I do know people (laughs) that maybe there's something that maybe is wrong with within you or or in your character or something that, you know, that you're not looking inwardly for. And not to say you need to take on blame, but you, like I said, own your responsibility. Now it could be that you not doing something wrong. Maybe you have just come in contact with all dogs But one of the things that (laughs) I try to do in every situation that I have, whether it be career, friendships, relationships, years ago, way before I even met you, I'm always being introspective. Right. And being self-reflective. You know, at the end of the day, when you think like that, it's it's way more empowering, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think in, in terms of, so, like, being a, a black man, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There are plenty of opportunities that I can look out and see injustices mm-hmm. in the world. Um, there have been several opportunities where it was very obvious that my race had something to do with me getting a job. And maybe not my race in terms of racism, mm-hmm. but in terms of just my culture. You okay. know what I mean? Someone not understanding my culture. Yeah. So... As as a black man, and it, this is for someone who is not black, or maybe we all have different experiences, but what I have found for myself is that a lot of times I have had to qualify myself regardless of any type of achievements that I walk in the door with. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. let's say I come in there with a degree and with anything else, mm-hmm. I still have to qualify myself in my intelligence, Yeah. whether that's something that I... Uh, sometimes that has been the reality and sometimes it has just been my perception. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know early on in my life, um, I ran into that a lot more, but I, as I started to grow and learn, I found out that a lot of times it was, there was a lot more that I could do about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There was a lot more that I could do. Number one, it was, come get skills that were you know solid like mm-hmm. things that, mm-hmm. that why that's why I went into program computer programming now is it is it fair no it's not fair I loved you know working in the hotel industry I enjoyed doing it I like I changed my major to do that and you know in a perfect world and I was very good at it mm-hmm. but in that industry, it was really based off of someone else's evaluation of your worthiness. Mm. And it took a lot of relationships and it took a lot of things. And it's a very racist industry in, mm. in historically. Mm. My place historically in a hotel is cleaning up somewhere. And that was in Knoxville, Tennessee. That was how it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was no... Um, There was not a lot of diversity in in the management group. Um, And uh, I had to get to a point to where I was like, 
all right, this is the thing. This is what exists. And this Mm -hmm. is messed up. Mm -hmm. And this should change. But what can I do for myself to make Mm -hmm. sure that I'm never placed in this or to lower the chances of of being placed in this situation again? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was go out and get skills Mm -hmm. that are solid, that are on paper, and that I don't have to worry about anybody else's evaluation of of it for. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, when I started to take a look at, at myself, it started to change you know, I just felt more empowered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think, too, as well, um, it takes away that what if in your mind, too, you know? Yeah. Because, like, and and this goes for just not even career, just, just in, in any area of your life, like friendship. Let's let's talk like let's say a friendship, for instance, and you are a person that feels like I can't make good friends. It's hard to find good friends. It's hard for me to make a friend. Well, if you are the person who is loyal and you're making it your business to be loyal, you're kind, you know, you're you're loving and you still have this issue, then then you got a leg to stand on to say it's hard to find good friends. But if you're finding yourself to not be loyal, you're kind of flaky, you know, and you you maybe answer the phone, maybe won't answer the phone, maybe you'll come to stuff, maybe you won't, you're not very supportive, then you really don't have, you, you can't say with a true conscience that there is not good friends out there. And so for your thing, what you were saying is like, yeah, there's a possibility that it could be racially motivated why I'm not advancing. But let me make it my business to take to strip away any other excuse that can be thrown at me to a point where it will have to be blatantly a racial thing. Right. And well, and it there was some racial components to yeah. it. But what I say is who cares? Mhm. And f- like for your example, when it talks about like there's no good friends. That's not true. Mm-hmm. There are good friends out there. Mm-hmm. You can't make good friends. <laughs> so, and and you know after you bite that little peel yeah. of, of reality, then that means that that's awesome because that means that these are things that you can control. Yeah. If the world was just all the good people were blanked off of the world then there's nothing you could do about that. If mm. there's nothing but jerks in the world, mm. you have no control of that. But knowing that that's not the case, yeah. that means that all of these things are are things that you could do about it. Now, what is tr- also true is life is not fair mm-hmm. all the time. And it, it, life is not fair from our vantage point. God has a overall plan. Mm-hmm. So, yes, while life was not fair for me when I was being overlooked when I was far more qualified for pr- promotions, I mean, I, I, we don't even go into it. But <laughs> at that time, I was like, this is not right. This is not fair. Yeah. But honestly, if that would not have happened, that was the catalyst to get me to to take a look at myself. And that actually started me moving in a whole different direction mm. and put me into situations. I went and worked for a guy uh, Pat Baker, you know, he was amazing. He was yeah. an amazing leader and really instilled in me a lot more um, belief. Like he showed a lot of belief in me, mm-hmm. which then made me 
look at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some other leaders along the way. It seemed like after I left the Hilton, every place that I worked at really just had management that really believed in me. Mm-hmm. And then when I came down here, not so much, but I was already empowered. I was already empowered. And, like, inco- and confident. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So if that wouldn't have happened at the Hilton, life ain't fair, but God is bigger than any prejudice or any anything mm-hmm. else. That stuff had to happen for me to work on myself and then get myself into a position mm-hmm. to where someone would appreciate what I had to bring to the table and, and help me nurture my my fragile ego at the time mm-hmm. so then I could get to a place that I was strong enough to feel empowered myself mm-hmm. um so that's awesome you know what I mean well let, let me let me bring up and I just thought about this while you were talking and I mean gosh this was such a good movie y'all first off you got to understand something about me I love horror movies and I love thrillers. And this was right up my alley, like right up. And I love like psychological thrillers too. I love layers to movies and stuff like that. But I think another point comes up with this as well. Um, Self-entitlement. Because why does it, why did that, why did the tether feel like she deserved to be up top? Like to move like nobody else, like none of the other tethers thought to like go upstairs. Nobody told them to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not talking. They're not communicating. Like what made her not only go to the surface, but to choke the girl out, bring her back downstairs, <laughs> handcuff her to the bed and, swi- take her place. And, and take her place. Like what? made her think about that like that was like i should be up there and not you because even she said that to her you could have taken me with you why did you feel like i needed to be up there and not you like we both could have went we both she said that to oh, her i didn't even think about yes. that yeah you know that's a, that's something else that is true kimberly because sometimes it is better like, because in order for her to come up to the surface, that would have taken more work. Mm-hmm. Like, she's already walked up the stairs. She's already seen that there's something new, something more. Is it fear? Is it whatever else? But it's sometimes better to lust after someone else's gold than go and get your own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and I remember. When I was in college and I was in campus ministry and I remember looking at like um, different couples and different people. And sometimes I would think like, you know, man, you got it so easy. Mm -hmm. Like you don't understand the problems that I have or, you know, looking at at what someone else had almost like a I've never been a jealous person Mm -hmm. per se. I have struggled with, everyone struggles with jealousy, but I mean, in terms of like just being a real jealous person, Mm -hmm. I've always been happy to see people make it Mm -hmm. um, more than I felt envious. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So there's always that tinge of envy, but I've always felt happy to see somebody make it Mm -hmm. more than my envy. Um, But I do, I have seen in myself and I have seen a lot of times in talking to other people when you're looking out 
at, at someone and you are really kind of downplaying their achievements or hating on their achievements and almost like, why isn't it me? You're not saying that, mm -hmm. but really that's what you're saying. And while you're saying all these things about some other person, really you're thinking like, why can't I do that? Yeah. And you really hate where you're at. Yeah. And it's like, it's that the grass is greener on the other side. And not only should I come over to your garden and to your yard, I'm going to take your yard and I'm right. going to put you over here in my dust. Right. Because like to know the movie, you know, um, how would she have known that both of them couldn't be up there? How would she, the tethered, no, the one, the original one that was down there, know that like we can't co coexist up here together. We look alike, you know what I'm saying? Like we're we're the same, you know what I'm saying? Like who is going to like how how would she had known that, you know? And if she would have seized her moment, she could have brought down that whole thing. Yep, because she the, the whole thing. She's a little kid that would have blown everything out of the box. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it. Yeah, gosh, man. It is so much like us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's so much like how we are as as people because it's way easier to complain than it is to go out and make something happen. You know what I mean? I think even spiritually, you know, in in inside the church, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is so much easier to complain about what we lack as a as a church than it is to go out and make things happen for yourself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, I, I remember having conversations. We have a very diverse church, but, you know, there was a point in time when the leadership wasn't as diverse. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And still not at, as diverse. Mm -hmm. And so what that is going to result in is it, without a lot of careful intention to things, it, it doesn't matter how careful you are. You're going to, at the end of the day, if I'm leading, it, I'm getting inundated with a bunch of people's requests and asks. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I just got, I can only do so much. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, like I'm here trying to make things happen. And now I'm going to try to implement things, but really it's going to be based on what I see as, as important. Mm -hmm. And that's how it should be. And there, for myself, there was a lot of times where, I can only speak about me. There was a lot of times where I would, have complaints as an African-American and be like, I don't see a lot of these needs being met. And I do feel like there are biblical examples of that. Yes. Um, but I went and shared things and sometimes it was accepted. And sometimes they're like, honestly, I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. But really what I came to the understanding of was that like, wait a minute, God put that on your heart, Melvin. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you want to go and share that. But if someone else doesn't get it, it's because God didn't put it on their heart to yeah, do. That's I'm why trying you're to take here. the easy. Let me go tell the, the church leader mm -hmm. so he'll do something about it. Mm -hmm. it. I'm just being lazy. I want him to do it. And I just want to have if, reap it, the benefit. Right. My boy Adam told me, like, you can always tell if somebody really wants something or somebody really needs something by making it cost them something. Mm. And. You know, that's what it really did to me is like, do I really want this thing mm -hmm. that I'm talking about? Is it really that important? Yeah. Well, then nobody's going to stop me from 
putting together things. Nobody's yeah. going to stop me from going in and making different things happen. So if it's that important, then I need to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I didn't. So obviously it wasn't that important. I just felt more like complaining than trying to solve the problem. Cause I've never had anyone come up to me and handcuff me when it came time to, to do something. I know I was very encouraged with you one time you were talking about like, man, the, the women, we need a women's day. We need some more things happening. And you were very young in spiritually and um, I don't know if I said, why don't you do it or what, but you just did it. Yeah. You got people together and y'all put on a women's day and it was successful. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's why I look at that like spiritually. I've... Yeah, I think because I mean, I'm I'm being reflective because like I said, like we came on here with with the initial idea, but like I said, the movie has so many layers. And as you were talking, it brought up something else. And then just when you was talking again, it brought up something else too, but I ain't going to say it yet. Um, but yeah, just like this, I I think, and I, and I, I've only been in, I've only been in America. And so I can only speak for our country. I don't know how anybody else is, but we do live in a very entitled entitled environment you know it it is like when i i'm thinking about like the original tethered you know it's like why did like why would she even have thought that like at that point nobody had that we know had made it to the surface she said nobody did and no yeah nobody had made it to the surface and switched with their tethered with their surface person so it's like why couldn't they be up there together? Why couldn't you have taken me with you? Why did you knew what you were going through? It's, it's one thing to say, hey, I don't like my environment. I want to change my environment. But why bring somebody else down while you trying to go up? You know what? Here goes another thing. She never really had an example of success and nobody to encourage her in that direction. Because think about how who the, the surface the, person no, or the, the other girl, the original the tether. tether. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she had never really gotten to see an example of like to any any reason to to believe. Because basically, what it is is she did not feel like she was the one to change the world. Mm-hmm. Because that's basically what she was faced with. Mm-hmm. But that other girl you know, having gotten a taste of what it was like and what life could be like, mm-hmm. her going down there, she raised up and, co- and co- orchestrated that whole thing yeah. because she made people believe that they could have more. Yeah. Like we could change the world. Now, of course, it was crazy and wild the Vicious, way that they did yes, it. Yes. But it is an example of, you know, if you're listening now and you're a person who is a go-getter, somebody who who had like it it's so important for us when we're talking amongst each other, especially when you're talking amongst people who are like you mm-hmm. and, and everybody is complaining and you know, talking about whatever the complaint of the day is. If you're you know, politically or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. How much power does that person that says, okay, so what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Like, 
that is such a powerful statement, like such a powerful like mood changer to go from complaint to action, take people from complaint to action. Cause I'm sure, you know, in their grunts and groans, she saw the discontent with yeah. how their life was. Right. Mm-hmm. But she, she was the person to be like, well, why don't we do something about it? Yeah. Why don't we do something about this? And that's powerful. And it's it can go either way. So, like, another parallel, because I was thinking that same thing, too. Like, so think about if one person can ignite a whole massacre. Like, that's what she did, mm-hmm. you know. But what if it was the total other way? Because she made the point. So... Just to give y'all for anyone who has not looked at the movie. So you get the fact that they switched. The surface Adelaide was now now underground. where, And then the tethered Adelaide was up above. So one of the things that made her be able to get everyone to listen to her was that as though she was a little girl, she had been a part of dance and all that stuff like that. So when she came down underground, she used to dance for the other tethers and they, none of them knew how to do it because they didn't, they, they were underground. So she had came down being that she was what nine or whatever, having already had some life above ground and was able to do things that they weren't able to do that pretty much mesmerized them. And mm-hmm. she was able to, you know, they listened to her. She was kind of like one of their leaders. She was like the leader because of that. You know what I'm saying? Because she was doing things that they couldn't do. And so because of her talent, you know, to them, you know, she was able to organize them. And she talks about how it took them years to do, but they were able to do it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it can go either way. It can go very bad, but it can also go very good. One person really can, like you said, it's very powerful. It can, like one person can incite a movement, literally. Right. That's And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, if you are that person who... It you just can't rest mm-hmm. when you see the state of things. Like you just can't take it. Like then that probably means it's up to you to do something to change it. And it doesn't matter who you are. You may feel like you're just completely in, insignificant person, but those are the people who raise up and do the most amazing things. And you know, again, I roll it back into you know spiritually. Um, like if you're in in church, you know, and, and it always takes like in church, you 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 have different people. There's always going to be something missing. Yeah, because you can't have that many people. The bigger the church is, someone's always going to have something missing, whether it's programs for the kids, uh, teen ministry stuff, whatever, you know, transitioning people from college to um you know, the workforce, always some type of need. And this is something that has really been encouraging me lately is that I've seen people step up and start to like, Hey, we're going to hold classes for, for kids going into, you know, from high school to college, you know, like dude, those are little things, but literally that's somebody instead of, I'm sure that these were parents who sat around with a bunch of other parents at some point in time 
and heard the same complaints over and over again. And then they got tired of it and were like, I'm not going to complain anymore. I've been talking to the leaders and everybody else till I'm blue in the face. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. And really, I, I really wholeheartedly believe, and I have a conviction of that is like, like God, that's how God wants it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like everybody's supposed to be doing their work. You know, if Mark is our, our evangelist, if he, if it's his responsibility to put everything in motion like, how can he do it? Yeah. It's and impossible. who else is growing? Yeah. Who else is learning to see a problem and solve it? Mm-hmm. Like, in that's your job. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's mm-hmm. not his his job. He he's leading the church. Yeah. And and I'm kind of preaching to myself as I say this because I definitely I always have some type of critique about something. But that's what keeps me, and I'm not a person, guys, who cares to go and, and speak my opinion. Nope. I'm the I'm Mr. Raise My Hand. But what I have learned as I've grown and matured and what I'm trying to learn and trying to grow in is, like, that introspective look, like, what, do you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. I open my mouth, that you talked about, like, um, the the. I got it. Go ahead and read that. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to bring it back because this is what we do. Um, So uh, there are two scriptures, actually, that I want to. Read that first one. Okay. Let me. Okie dokie. And it's in Matthew chapter 7. So verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Yes. That it? That is it, my friend. And that's something I all, I, that I have to do to, to kind of temper myself. I mean, do you, you have that issue ever? Like when I... I mean, you know me, man. I always want to go back and, mm-hmm. and say something, but I got to stop and look at, like, <clears throat> before I pick up the phone or go and say something, I got to look at this big old plank in my eye. Because yeah. typically it is a plank because if I'm not doing something about it and I see it, it's far worse than someone just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I think you have helped me in this you know though (laughs) though you say you preaching to yourself because I think that is just a it's a natural human characteristic that it's so it it's hard to look at yourself soberly because then like you have to deal with where you fall short I think it's just a natural thing for us to like without even thinking you just automatically switch to like victim like it's right. it's so it's so easy for us to do it they did that to me why they say this to me right yeah i don't know man it's a it's a it's a crazy thing but it is the awesome thing about it is that it is empower after you get through the hurt it's empowering to understand that like it's in your hands like wherever you're at spiritually it's in your hands you know what i'm saying god don't give the spirit out in like small doses, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Give it out in abundance. Mm-hmm. And you got the fullness of it, you know what I mean? So one mm. one other thing that I wanted to bring up too 
that because again it's layers to this it's layers to this so I want to bring up a scripture too that puts me in the mind of this as well and this is in Romans 12 verse 3 for by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you and I thought of those two scriptures when it came to this movie, because it's like, you know, here we are looking at this person who the whole time we thought was the victim. And yet again, this was the villain. And how many times do we like, like, just like what we said, it's so easy for us to be like, Somebody did this to me. This situation happened to me. And not to say that things don't happen to you. Because some stuff, you could just be on your merry little way and stuff pop up. But especially when I start thinking about sin and I think about character flaws and heart issues, like that has nothing to do with anyone. That has all to do with you. And to really assess yourself and evaluate yourself soberly. And that's something that I feel like, I think we all struggle with that. Like we, I mean, I I know not one person that can just, it's just a natural thing that like you just immediately just, just humble yourself out and just be like, yeah, that was me. (laughs) Like, even if you like in your head, you be like, these people getting on my nerves. No, you getting on their nerves. Uh Yeah, I, it just in every situation you can always dial it back in in just what you said. Like, look at yourself with sober judgment. Mm-hmm. Don't think highly more highly of yourself than you than you are than you ought yeah. to. You know, and if everybody carried themselves like that, the world would be a much better place. And it's got to start with you. You know what I'm saying? You as an individual, as long as you are. Just like we said before, you know, the power of one person mm-hmm. um, being the voice of reason. If you, you know, I go, I look at p- politics. Everybody in the room, we'd love just, you know, if you are uh, a Republican, you watch Fox News. Your Facebook feed is full with things that uh, validate feed your, your narrative. Yeah, they feed your narrative, confirmation bias. Everything you you do, if you're a Democrat, you watch CNN and anything else that doesn't, you know, everything that feeds your narrative. You hang around people and you have conversations with people. Very rarely do we have civilized conversations with differing um, opinions when it comes to politics. So nine times out of ten, you're sitting there with people who are all going to be in agreement, even in racially mm. too. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just sticking on. Yeah. One, but you're sitting around and you're talking about the same things. Mm-hmm. Now, while you're complaining about the horribleness of the other political party, um. If somebody stops, like that, that's an opportunity. What am I doing? Let's, you know, if, you know, like the thing of the day is complaining about something Donald Trump is doing, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's say immigration. Mm-hmm. Look at this, you know, he's doing this wall, he's doing this, that, and the other. And there could be a litany of things that you're saying, and they could all be valid. Mm-hmm. But if you stop and say, well, what am I doing? Because mm-hmm. this is a, clearly important to you, important enough that you are 
like worked up about it. You posting mm-hmm. on Facebook, you going off on this person and that person, you calling them names. So if it's that important to you, what are you doing mm-hmm. about it? Um, and that introspect, like, and once you start thinking about it like that, then you might dial back your outrage towards anybody else. Yeah. And you could have way more civilized conversations with yeah. people who are different than you. Yeah. Cause what you would have to do is you, there are a few questions. There's some, cause when I started thinking about that, cause what you was talking, I was like, okay, what are some things that I complain about to be able to start asking yourself the initial question of like, what am I doing? Well, then you'll start seeing what you're doing and lack thereof. And then the decision has to be made. Well, do I, am I going to count this cost and do more because this does affect me this much? Or is it really that important? So let me just keep my mouth closed. <laughs> yeah, do something to shut up. Yeah. You can only complain for so long. If voting is not enough. It's not. Voting is not enough. Voting, you just putting someone in that you hope will do what you would following what they said they would do or what you feel is important. Yeah. But that, I mean, it's important to vote, but more important is for you to get out and do something about it. <clears throat> I don't think anybody out here, the majority of people out here are not amoral people, right? Mm-hmm. But we're just people who don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I can say that with confidence because there would be no problems. Yeah. If as many people that had an opinion were doing something. And as outraged. Man, we have an amazing world, Mm -hmm. which we still do have an amazing world. And we got a lot of good people in this world, Mm -hmm. but a lot of good lazy people. (laughs) Bingo. And I'm one of them. I'm I'm the poster child. (laughs) I I could complain, man. Yeah. But what are you doing? And that make me want to shut up. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this. This is just a sidebar. I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> sometimes you just don't have to have an opinion about something. Like sometimes you just <laughs> don't have to. Have, like, and it don't mean that you you agree or you disagree. Like, I don't know enough about this situation, so I'm going to keep my mouth closed. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to share your opinion. Yeah, like. You may always have an opinion. But that don't mean you got to open your mouth. Like, sometimes you don't. There was a a particular thing that was sent out through my little group me feed. And I'm not going to say what it was, but I'll tell you off the mic. But I was just thinking, I'm not going to comment about this because I don't know enough to make an educated, uh, uh, like, conversation off of this. And I don't care that much to start making myself educated about it. So I'm not going to say nothing. See, man, I'm one of them arrogant people who feel like, Mm-mm. like, I got an opinion over everything. No, I, I mean, I think I do, too. I do have an opinion about everything, but I'm starting to realize that, A, my opinion don't matter all the time. And do I really care for it to, to matter? When I really care for my opinion to matter, then I'll push it. But if I'm just going to say something and just walk away... Then I might as well don't say nothing. <laughs> just shut up. Yeah, just, I mean, like, it don't bother me no way. Like, it really does not. There are bigger fish to fry out here. But I know that's off on a tangent. But really, seriously, <laughs> y'all go see this movie because it's good. Because, like, I keep on thinking about it and coming up with different stuff. But one of the biggest, biggest things that, like, I was thinking about was this 
victim versus villain mentality and how, you know, you you can have this feeling of like everybody's out to get me or everything is set up against me or whatever, you know, and you actually limit yourself because there's no growth from there. You mm. cannot grow in that place. If you're always there and not to say that things can't happen to you, but you cannot stay in that place. You know what I'm saying? And that we do have to take responsibility for the things that we put ourselves into, whether that be um, how we move in our relationships with people, how we are at our job, you know, how we are as Christians, you know, like if they're like when you are dealing with habitual sin, you there is nobody to blame except for you. Like there is nobody when there is matters of the heart, character issues. That's you, bruh. That ain't the next person. You know what I'm saying? So and then one thing I always like to say, if you're the common denominator, but everybody else role, there's different people in and out of your equation, then you're the common denominator, then that means that it's you, bro. So not nobody else. And so, you know, really looking at ourselves soberly like that. So just good stuff. Y'all go see that movie. That movie is good. I want to go see it again. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Is that it? You got anything for us? Um, I don't. That's it, man. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good one. I just like love that movie. Hmm. Anyways, well, you guys, y'all have been sitting here listening to us and our banter and our rambles and stuff like that. And we surely do appreciate you guys for going on this long ride with us. But you've been sitting here listening to the Soul Sense podcast. I'm your hostess with the most is Kim. And I have my trusty wingman Melvin. Yeah, yeah. You so extra. And you've been and we'll catch you later. Yeah. You done got me all off. We'll catch you later. <laughs> See? <laughs>